Y'all give it up for the children of the world as they head back out. So blessed to have them this morning. Great, 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 great. And uh, I'm thankful to have had an opportunity to teach them most of those moves this morning early. And uh, But so glad that you guys are here today. And I've already met several guests. We want to welcome you and invite you to come back and hang out with us in the days ahead. But right now, we are actually in a message series uh, entitled, Tune In to a Successful Marriage. Now, so far... We've tuned into two major songs. The very first song was uh, When a Man Loves a Woman. We talked about that last Sunday, and we learned together as we talked to the men about what would happen whenever they loved their wives the way God really intended them to. And then also we talked about the song Let's Stay Together, and that was really the first one that we looked at. And that was a reminder that God actually wants to use marriage on the earth as a gospel stamp. And so the husband plays the role of Jesus in the relationship, and the wife plays the role of the church. Now, last Sunday, we focused all of our attention on the husbands. Now, you husbands, aren't y'all ready for the wives to get some this morning? Can I get a witness? Say amen. Amen. God bless you. I just needed one. All right, good deal. But excited to be able to share with you some truths there. Listen to some of this that I found in an article recently uh, that I ran across. said, when it comes to marriage, uh, women, tell me if you think this is true. Women tend to be more concerned about marriage than men do. Women, you agree with that? Say yes. All right, four of you, good deal. Uh, They are the ones who buy the most books on marriage. They're also the ones who initiate marriage counseling to help improve the relationship. Well, ladies, this morning, if you desire for your marriage to be enhanced and be successful, you need to look no further than the Scripture. In fact, this morning, we're going to learn that it's in the relationship of marriage that you actually discover who you are. You discover the things that need to be changed in your life and how God not only uses marriage to transform men into the likeness of Jesus, but God also uses marriage to transform you ladies into the character and the conduct of the Lord Jesus Christ. And right there in your listening guide this morning, I got you a a couple of statements. One that I think would really encourage you was just simply that while you and your husband are equals before the Lord, the Lord has determined a distinct role for you to carry out in the marriage relationship. Now, I want you to think about it very simply this morning. And uh, I actually left my bag right over here. Dayla, can you grab that little black bag for me real fast? Run it right up here. You're the man. Uh, This morning, I actually went to my wife and asked her if I could borrow something. And that was jewelry. Y'all with me on that? By the way, that was one question I never thought I'd ask my wife. Honey, can I borrow some jewelry this morning? But I do. I got some stuff here. Now, some stuff that my wife has at the house is actually real, and uh, some of it is not. And so she would only let me bring some of the uh, costume jewelry. But I want you to just think about real jewelry, real gold or real silver this morning. In order for jewelry to actually be formed into the shape that it's supposed to be formed into, has to go... Uh, through a heating process and as the heat is turned up and then the jeweler has the opportunity to actually mold and shape and uh, and use that gold pliably so that creates a particular piece of jewelry well that's how marriage is as well marriage actually turns up the heat so that the Lord Jesus has an opportunity to work in the life of you so that you look more like the Lord Jesus Christ and so this morning we're gonna jump into Ephesians chapter 5 and get some wisdom from God's Word for wives today Ephesians chapter 5 looking at verse 22 y'all stand up with me y'all have not stood up the whole service so Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 you got it there in front of you say yes and the Bible says wives 
be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Well, let's bow together. Father, we do thank you so much for the Scripture. And as we as a church uh, really do seek to hold high the standard of the Word of God and live by it, we just ask that you would help us today, especially marriages. Help them to be encouraged that they might walk in a way that would honor you. God, I pray not only for husbands and wives today, but for everybody who has gathered. Lord, help us to see that if we are to be the people that you have called us to be, we first of all have to have a personal relationship with you. And so God, bring people to salvation this morning and uh, use the word to challenge ladies to be all that you've called them to be. And that's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So you go ahead and be seated this morning. The Bible says, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Now, I know that that verse doesn't get a lot of hand claps in our current culture today. In fact, many people read that verse and actually get a poor image in their mind. They often think that a husband is the one who is domineering and a wife is to be like a doormat and she is to be walked all over. And then there are some who actually read that verse of Scripture and have images of women on television that they have seen before where they are completely covered up in their traditional garb and oftentimes the only thing that you can see are their eyelids and so this morning that is what I want you to see is that the text is actually encouraging the role of a wife to be one that is supportive as well as submissive Uh, think about it like this you and your husband are in the vehicle and you are going on a journey somewhere neither one of you know how to get there but husband you're sitting behind the steering wheel and the wife is in the car on the journey with you and she is helping you as you are moving forward well marriage is very similar you as a husband are to sit behind the steering wheel and then the wife is in the passenger seat and she is giving input support and encouragement in her role as she submits to your leadership but you are the one driving the vehicle of marriage and if you are going to drive it down the road that glorifies God, that means that you as a husband have to fulfill your role and you as a wife also have to fulfill your role. And so this morning, what I want us to do really is just ask a very simple question. Uh, how can you as a wife be supportive? How can you as a wife submit to the leadership of your husband in the marriage relationship? You see, God's called you to be a helpmate, but how can you be that great companion to your husband like God desires for you to be? And what we'll see this morning is I've just pulled, it's pretty interesting, by the way, just, just free information. If you want to read through the book of Proverbs, ladies, you'll be shocked to find how many Proverbs are actually written directly to wives. And so this morning what I've done is just pulled out a few of them so that I might be able to give you a few uh, answers to that question. How can you be a supportive and submissive wife to your husband? So let me go ahead and jump in and give you the very first uh, statement this morning. Uh, You wives, I want to encourage you, get rid of the kryptonite and put a crown on your husband. Get rid of the kryptonite and put a crown on your husband. Now, I know every husband in here thinks he's Superman, amen? And so we all feel that way. But if you've ever seen Superman on television before, you've read some of the comic strips, you know the one Achilles heel to Superman is kryptonite. 
As soon as kryptonite gets around him, he begins to lose all of his strength and all of his vigor. I even saw one uh, Superman movie where he actually fell to the ground and could barely even move. All because of kryptonite. So now, ladies, look at me eyeball to eyeball. You as a wife have the ability to be like kryptonite to your husband and actually cause him to lose all of his strength and vitality or you have the opportunity to put a crown on your husband and be a source of encouragement to him. Now where do we get some of this information? Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4. And this is in your listening guide as well. But the Bible says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness to his bones. Now think about that. An excellent wife. Now, the term excellent speaks of a wife who is strong in her character. She is efficient and capable. In a nutshell, I love this. It is a person who is not insecure or overly needy. Now, wives, I need to kind of encourage you, but also uh, warn you. You should not seek your security in your relationship with your husband. If you continue to seek all of your security in your relationship with your husband, you're going to find that you're drinking from a well that will run dry. Your security needs first and foremost to be found in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then as you are uh, literally growing in your relationship with the Lord Jesus, you'll find that you're actually putting a crown upon his head. Now, in marriages, when these Proverbs are written, a husband would actually wear a crown. They would put a crown on his head as he walked the aisle, so to speak. And that crown was to make him look more handsome. It was to encourage him. It was also to lift him up. And so if you think about it, wives, whenever you find your security in the Lord and Him alone, you will find that you are simultaneously putting a crown on your husband. You are honoring Him with your life. Now, uh, this morning we see the contrast in that proverb, don't we? Uh, Notice it. But she who shames Him is like rottenness to His bones. Now, Think about this idea of putting someone to shame. And by the way, that word, it literally means to put someone to open shame. So you as a wife, you you can actually put your husband to open shame in at least two ways. In at least two ways. One, by how you speak about him or how you speak to him. Or then secondly, how you live your life. So I want you to just think for a moment about how you speak of your husband. If you disgrace him or... If you belittle him as a man by the words you speak directly to him or even to others, you're not honoring him. So ladies, I want to encourage you to be careful whenever you sit around and you speak about your marriage with other ladies. Uh, that you don't always lean into the negative, into uh, the idea of actually putting your husband down around other people. Matter of fact, if you begin statements of negativity like this, I sure wish my husband would... And then you fill in the blank. Or if you say, my husband never does. And then you fill in the blank. Or if you lean in and say, let me tell you what he did this time. And you go on to actually tell a story that puts your husband down. You're dishonoring him. Or if you say directly to your husband, why can't you make a decision? Why can't you be a leader? Why don't you ever talk to me? Uh, Why don't you be more like And then you begin to compare your husband to some other husband. Man, you are on dangerous ground. And then don't ever say to your husband, why don't you act like a man? 
That is actually degrading him. Be careful because that shames your husband. That is kryptonite. That actually causes him to lose strength and vitality. And then secondly, don't put your husband to open shame by how you live. So not only in your speech, but also in your conduct, you can actually shame your husband. Being disgraceful or immoral in how you conduct your life brings great reproach upon your husband and the marriage relationship. If you're a woman in here today and you find that you're always speaking filthy, if you find that you're cursing, slandering, gossiping, telling immoral and perverted jokes, you need to stop doing that. Matter of fact, in our current day, believe it or not, the amount of women who are involved in pornography is escalating. The amount of women involved in emotional relationships with other men is escalating. Immoral and even illicit affairs are on the rise in our culture. And they are finding their way into the context of the church. And even women who are wives are shaming their husbands by how they live. And then I would also just add in here for free, ladies, Facebook will tie you up in a noose if you are not careful. I cannot tell you how many marriages suffer because uh, some woman, some wife, got on Facebook and reconnected with somebody that she knew back in the day who was another man. And as a result, they struck up a conversation. They began to talk one another and chat with one another and send text messages. And then before you know it, she has gone so far that she finds herself with another man. Listen, that kind of living brings great shame upon your husband. That kind of living is kryptonite that causes him to lose his strength and his vitality. The book of Proverbs puts it like this, says it is rottenness to his bones. You know what that means? And check this out. Literally, that means you are poisoning your husband if you speak that way or if you live that way. Rottenness to his bones, one commentator said, is depriving him of all of his vigor. Now, I want you to think about it because I give you this statement to kind of close out point number one here. But wives, your life, it either honors your husband or it hinders him. You either zap him of all of his strength or you energize him. Whenever you live in such a way that honors him, you're putting a crown upon his head and you are lifting him up, supporting him, and that is you seeking to fulfill the role that God has given you to submit to the leadership of your husband. Now, wives, let me give you point number two. I would encourage all the wives at Concord to make the home a place that your husband looks forward to coming to. Make the home a place that he looks forward to coming to. Y'all ready for another proverb? Say yes. So Proverbs chapter 19. Now, I'm reading this out of the Bible, so y'all don't get mad at me. Y'all ready for it? Say yes, ladies. I didn't think so. All right. The contentions of a wife are a constant dripping. The contentions of a wife are a constant dripping. Uh, Eastern houses used to have flat roofs. They would put uh, wooden planks together on top of that flat roof to form the roof, and then they would begin to put plaster on it, often using mud, in order to seal up the planks. However, when a great storm would pass through, those particular roofs were very susceptible to forming leaks. And if a husband in that particular day came home and his house was leaking, he knew that it was going to be a very difficult night and the rest of the week. 
He would have to find out where the leak was coming from. He'd have to fix it. He'd have to take care of the damage that it also created in the home. I remember moving to northeast Georgia, and the very first freeze that we had, people right here at Concord who loved me said, Levi, make sure you leave all the faucets dripping in your house. If you don't, then everything's going to freeze up, the pipes will blow up, and it will destroy your house, and you will die. And so I remember that night going and turning all of the faucets on. And so they were all dripping. And I went and laid down just to go to sleep that night. But the one in the kitchen kept hitting the sink over and over and over. And I kept thinking, surely it'll go away, surely. And it never did. And so I had to get up and actually go and put a sponge underneath it just so I wouldn't go insane. Now, wives, the Bible says that if you live a contentious life, that means if you're always looking for an argument with your husband, If you're always picking on him, saying negative things to him, always trying to draw him out and to aggravate him, you are like a constant dripping in his life. You ever heard of Chinese water torture? Very simply, they would take a man and tie him down and actually allow water just to drip on his forehead until he went completely crazy. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying don't drive your husband crazy. Makes me think of Job's wife in the Old Testament. Job, you remember his story. If you've read it before, Job lost all of his money. Job lost his house. Job lost the majority of the family. The only person Job didn't lose was his wife, and I'm confident he wished he had. Now, why do you say that, Lee? That's because she was a constant dripping. She was coming to him and saying, curse God and die. And Job even said in Job chapter 19, as he lamented over his health going bad, that his breath actually stank. And you know who told him that his breath stank? His wife did. So if you imagine for just a moment the constant drip of Job's wife in his life, she was saying, curse God and die, your breath stinks. Curse God and die, your breath stinks. And so if you are living in such a manner that you are always looking for something that you can poke at or prod toward in the life of your husband, it is a constant nagging to him and it is a constant drip to him. Proverbs 21.9 says this, it's better to live in the corner of a roof than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Now I want you to think about this because it gives this imagery. It gives the idea of a man living on the roof of his house. And just as I described it before, it's just a flat roof, but he's living on the very corner of that roof. And then if you can get that image in your mind, he is crouched down. He would rather suffer the elements of the heat, of the cold, of the storms, than to have to go inside the house and suffer with his wife. Ladies, what what are we getting at here? We're getting at the fact, watch how you speak to him. Don't nag him, pray for him. Don't put him down, lift him up. Make the home a place that your husband actually looks forward to showing up and being in. You as a wife are setting a culture in your home, one that encourages or one that discourages. So seek to be a wife who is enjoyable. Seek to be a wife who is pleasant before your husband. This will actually motivate your husband in his role and bring harmony in your home. Now, there's a third truth that I want to encourage you to jot down this morning, and that is make the most of what God has given your family financially. Make the most of what God has given your family financially. Proverbs 19, 14, the Bible says, House and wealth are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife 
is from the Lord. Now, in this context, uh, it literally speaks of what a person owns. When a man receives an inheritance from his father and his wife makes wise choices concerning it, the husband knows that he has been blessed by the Lord. This principle can also be applied to our current day by noting that a wife who supports her husband is one who makes the most of what God has given the family financially. And we've all seen it before, haven't we? Or we've even heard it before, how marriages experience great difficulty when it comes to finances. Matter of fact, you may have had a conversation with your spouse this past week about finances, and you know the tension that it brings up. A recent study at Utah State University attempted to quantify the risk of finances in a marriage. They found that couples who reported disagreeing about finances once a week were 30% more likely to get divorced. And then I ran across a Huffington Post article where women were asked to describe their biggest issue in marriage. And the number one issue, according to this article, and this is exactly how it was written, money, money, money. Women said, we can barely even talk about it in an objective, budget-discussing sense without getting all testy and defensive. So much emotional murk is tied to money. Now, the proverb teaches that a prudent wife is one who seeks to manage finances well. This means you as a wife are actually taking care and helping oversee what God has given your family financially. You're not wastefully spending. You're not going on spending sprees. But with your husband as a team, you're seeking to manage finances in a way that honors him. A wife like that is one who can be trusted. Proverbs 31, 11 through 12 says, The heart of her husband trusts in her. He will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. So really the question here is, are you seeking to be wise and make the most of what God has given your family financially? Are you helping support and are you seeking to actually submit to the leadership of your husband in the marriage relationship? And look, I know some people this morning are thinking, I can't act this way with my husband. My husband is not following the Lord. Or my husband does not have a relationship with Jesus. How can I live the way the scripture intends if my husband is living outside of God's will for his life? Well, believe it or not, uh, Peter actually wrote uh, to a group of ladies who were asking that exact question. Listen to how he responds, and I'll read this to you out of the message paraphrase. Listen to what he says. He says, be good wives to your husbands. Responsive to their needs. There are husbands who, indifferent as they are to many words about God, will be captivated by your life of holy beauty. What matters is not your outer appearance, the styling of your hair, the jewelry you wear, the cut of your clothes, but your inner beauty. Cultivate your inner beauty, the gentle, gracious kind that God delights in. The holy women of old were beautiful before God that way, and they were good, loyal wives to their husbands. What an awesome word that is so timely even for today. Look, if you as a wife will seek to crown your husband by being a source of encouragement, if you'll seek to make the home a place he looks forward to coming to, and if you will help oversee what God has given your family financially, you will begin to see how harmony can actually come to the home. And so I want to encourage you, those are three simple steps that you as a wife can take. And you will begin to see results in your life 
Because it will be through this process that God turns up the heat and actually begins to transform you and make you into a piece of fine jewelry that gives him glory. Live in that manner. And then, wives, I want to encourage you to listen to some truths from Sid and Diane King this morning as we watch this video. Y'all go ahead and roll that for us. sophomore in college and I saw her walking into the student center building and I asked a friend of mine who she was and then he happened to know know her and so then we started dating and I, I dated her for two years and chased her until she let me catch her and then after <laughs> she was graduated we were married. I loved being with you and eventually I fell in love with you. Eventually? Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> Our marriage has been parallel to our wedding vows. Um, for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, and uh, to love and cherish. And you've been through uh, we've had some good times. Uh, we've had some hard times. Uh, we've had some, well, a little poverty. Uh, you've known sickness, the joy of health, and I guess the uh, the last part to love and cherish. Almost 45 years, you've remembered those vows, and you've loved me and cherished me when I didn't deserve to be loved, and when I was unworthy to be cherished. So how do I know that you love me? I know that you love me because Jesus is in your heart. Okay, every husband needs help becoming, I would say, that man that God intends for him to be. And um, where do I find uh, that I provide that help for you? I would say in um, encouraging you to um, obey God's word and to do his will. And I probably do that most or best by not nagging, that doesn't work, <laughs> not manipulating, not prodding, but just praying for you and, and our praying together. Amen. And in Psalms 19, um, 7, it says, um, the word of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. And uh, it goes on in the Psalms to talk about um, God's word. But then down in verse 11, it says, there's this beautiful little gem, and it says, in keeping it, there is great reward. So I would say to um, wives that um, they should trust in God's word, and um, we don't know what that reward is it doesn't say uh, but we do know that it says that it is great and also um, I would say we don't even know as I looked at that psalm today we don't even know whose reward it is 
we can assume that it's ours because of what it says and that it's ours because we have kept our marriage vows and we have trusted in God's word. But then also, not only that, but I think it could be the church's reward. And in that, here is another couple who has persevered through hard times and have kept their testimony pure. And it makes the testimony of the church even more pure. And then, and this is probably the best one, the last reward could be Christ's reward. And in that, we, because we have persevered, because we have trusted in God's word, we have another crown to lay at his precious feet. Y'all give it up for Sid and Diane King, both so helpful uh, in the ministry here. But I want to encourage you ladies. Listen, if you're going to be all that God has called you to be, I need you to first make sure you have a relationship with the Lord. God created you to know Him, but what separates you from Him is sin. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's standard, and the wages of our sin is death. So I bought an eyeball for just a moment. You cannot overcome sin by being a good woman. You cannot overcome sin by being a religious woman. The Bible teaches us that all of our good works are like filthy rags in the sight of God. But God loves you anyway so much that He sent Jesus Christ, His Son, to the earth to die on the cross for you. And there on the cross at Calvary, Jesus bore in His body the penalty that you deserve for your sin. And then the scripture says he was buried and resurrected. And now if you will turn from your sin this morning and place your trust in Jesus alone, then you can be forgiven. Then you can become the woman that God has called you to be. So ladies, have you made that decision? If not, I'm going to invite you to do it right now. Let's bow together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would begin to work in the lives of not only ladies but also men.